Hey everyone, welcome to Leadership Now. My name is Dan Pontefract. Today we're in conversation with another Dan, Dan Camp. Dan Camp is the managing director of McDonald's in two countries, the Czech Republic and Slovakia. Now, Dan and I have known each other for over a decade, I would say, uh, and we got into knowing each other because we both started, perhaps, uh, well, at least I did, in the L&D space. But Dan started way before me in a career that has spanned now over 30 years, I would say, and that's at McDonald's. And so as the managing director of McDonald's in the Czech Republic and Slovakia, Dan, uh, you didn't start there. You started in 1988 as a 16 year old, and you're one of those rare breeds, like you know some athletes who get to spend their entire career in one club and they get to retire their uniform and so forth, right? So we got a lot to discuss and cover today. So let's start, first of all, you're 16 years old, you're in line at McDonald's, you're with your mom, and now you're in, uh, you're in Prague uh, as a managing director of the Czech Republic and Slovakia. That's a lot of time in between being 16 and you know, over 30 years later. So tell us a, just a bit about what you've been doing for 30 plus years or so and, and what McDonald's means to you in terms of the career and the evolution that you've had. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, to, again, thanks for having me today. Great, great to talk to you and uh, followed you for a long time. So it's been, it's been great. And yeah, we met, I think about 12 years ago at a, at a learning and development event, which I'd love to talk about because I, I love to advocate for people. If you don't want to spend your whole career in learning and development, a few years, I think does nothing but, uh, but help uh, with your career uh, aspirations as well. So yeah, so 16, um, had no uh, intention of having a summer job. That's traditionally in the States, you know, maybe you start thinking about a summer job at age 16, yeah. was in line with my mom and my sisters at the local McDonald's. They were extremely busy. In fact, they were so busy and obviously didn't have enough people that the franchisee was was walking person to person in line asking if they want a job and ripping off a tear pad of applications. And I said, no, thanks, I'm good. And my mom said, you know, maybe, maybe you ought to think about having a job. You're not doing much this summer. So while we were eating, I filled out the application and the franchisee came back to, to talk to me and um, ended up hiring my mom because she was a, 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 an employee in the school district, had the summer off as well. My dad, uh, you know, had the full-time job. So uh, we both, um, got hired that day with no intention uh, before we walked in. And it turned into about three months of getting up every morning with my mom at four in the morning, commuting up to this little mountain town in Colorado and opening the restaurant as crew and taking orders on the front counter starting at six in the morning. So I look back and, and that was just just great times and, and thankful for my mom and the fact, you know, I, I, I wonder now I've got a, a 15 year old daughter, would I get up every morning at four for the summer and go to work with her? I don't know. I don't know. So that was devotion that I look back and I see uh, now. So fast forward, she went back to her work in the school district. I continued uh, with McDonald's part-time through high school uh, and then um, going to college, continued to be a part-time uh, job. McDonald's was always there for me as I was exploring other things you know, to do with my life, whether that be English or journalism or hospitality. I thought I wanted to be a, you know, a newspaper writer, maybe a, a TV reporter, um, but through all of that, I loved going to work, and I actually for a while loved doing that more than going to going to school. So uh, at one point, I decided to uh, take that opportunity, go full time with the company, 
and uh, rose through the ranks uh, as, as kind of a traditional career path would, which would be like an assistant manager in the restaurant and then a general manager of one restaurant and then supervising, say, multi-unit five, uh, five restaurants. And at this point, it, it's kind of an inflection because I thought I wanted to own a McDonald's and I was working with the franchisee who hired me to start saving some money and, and go down the path of owning maybe one or two or three. Uh, so that's what I thought I was going to do. And my franchisee came to talk to me one day and he said, good news, bad news. Bad news is you're not going to be a franchisee because I'm retiring. He was retiring. He didn't want to, he, he'd had a great career in McDonald's. Good news, he had arranged for myself and a couple other folks to get picked up by the company uh, and become staff of McDonald's that way. So that's where kind of the turning point went from working for a franchisee in a restaurant to just multiple opportunities to work um, at, at either the supervision or the consultant level. So just, just quickly, a um, couple of um, different positions running company-owned restaurants. McDonald's is like 93% franchised and 7% company restaurants. So yeah. I got to do a couple of different positions running those company restaurants and then consulted to franchisees uh, and then got to deploy new products and, and, and various uh, new initiatives my last position, I was in charge of about 700 restaurants in the Southwest uh, United States with operations and a little bit of marketing, a little bit of franchising, and then um, my current position here in the Czech Republic. But I, I want to swing back to the time at HU, Hamburg University, yeah. McDonald's famous, you know, world famous training center. Um, but uh, because, because I thought that was integral. Do you want me to swing back to that now or what do you think? Yeah, so, well, let's, just before we go there, one thing I yeah. want to ask you about is, another thing that people forget is being in one organization, they may also have to be in one city. And mm -hmm. your evolution of your career, Dan, has seen you in multiple states, multiple cities across yeah. the US. And now, of course, you're, you're in Europe. So give us a bit of a sense of, I guess, your, um, your gumption, your courage, your mm -hmm. ability to embrace change when you're just you're actually talking about where you live to do your job in McDonald's. Yeah, that's uh, important. And I think like many companies, there's kind of a uh, many companies that are either national or multinational. There's probably a good chunk of people who are good living where they are. And they, for various reasons, they want to stay put. Right. right. And, and that's OK. And, and in fact, many of my colleagues in McDonald's have no desire to do anything else but live and, and work where they are. And then there's a smaller chunk of people who uh, like like me, and thank God for my wife who also supports you know moving a little bit. But um, I've been in that that uh, group that have said, show me what opportunities are out there. Willing to up kind of uproot the family and, and start over and and take on new opportunities. But also, by the way, it's a good good chance to kind of rebrand yourself because no one remembers you in that last position wherever you were uh, in that geography. So um, most of my time, um, my early years were spent in Colorado. And then we had an opportunity to up and move to Las Vegas, where I ran 24 company-owned Macapco restaurants, we call them. Uh, and that was, uh, the first move is, is tough. That was getting um, my wife and our small son at the time into a completely new environment, put myself in a new environment. And, and you know, I had a boss once who said, um, it was his job as soon as I was comfortable to make me uncomfortable. And that's how you grow the most. And that's something I've lived by. Uh, my whole life. So um, not many people wanted to take that opportunity in Las Vegas. In fact, I had some mentors call me and say, don't do it. You're going to get lost there and we're never going to see you again. Uh, but it felt, it felt at the time 
uh, like it was worth taking a chance. And again, my wife, Nicole, and I thought, uh, you know, let's try it. And we could be there maybe two or four years. It just turned out to be two years, which was really, really perfect timing. Um, and I guess at that point, I was growing as a leader and I was kind of figuring out what I stand for. Uh, but there was a piece that that I felt was um, holding me back a little bit. And I'll tell you what that was. That that portion of my leadership was that I was I had a severe case of stage fright. I did not want to. I did not have any desire to talk in front of a group. Right. So I could I could coach a small group of managers or supervisors and we could get stuff done. But if, as soon as I was on stage or had an opportunity to to address say 100 or 200 people. I didn't want to do it. I couldn't sleep the night before, and it was a disaster in my mind. And my boss and I sat down, uh, and and I said, I, I got to fix this. And he said, You know what? You're right. And he said, You're my honest feedback for you. If you don't, you're you're kind of plateaued uh, in your career. So at that point, we decided, you know, how do you how do you get better at something? You you practice. So that's when this opportunity to get into the L and D world um, became available. So. I was interviewing for a manager position at Hamburger University, learning and development, world famous headquarters, Oak Brook, Illinois at the time, now it's Chicago. And I remember uh, my interviewer asked, why do you want this job? And I said, honestly, it scares the hell out of me. I, I don't know if I, want, if I want to do this. I don't know if I can do this, but I know if I don't do this, I'm not going to go much further uh, as a leader. So my honesty paid off. They hired me. Um, after a few years of figuring out the, the L&D world and seeing other people both blossom as like facilitators, uh, but also seeing hundreds and hundreds of students become engaged and inspired. Um, it was truly that, that, that event in my career that opened up you know, new opportunities. So because of that, I mentor people who are afraid to talk in front of people. It's a huge affliction, as you know, or it's a huge challenge for so many people. Uh, and it's enabled me to to take on new levels new levels of leadership. What what a nice segue because those that are unaware, HU Hamburger University is McDonald's corporate, I suppose, right? The it's, yeah. it's the institute of all things leadership, management, learning, uh, career, and uh, it's it's often rare to actually talk to people who have uh, been uh, inside of that. Uh, as a leader developing future leaders or current leaders of McDonald's itself. So the segue question I go, I suppose there's two here, Dan. And the first is, what, what's, what is it like, first of all, inside of Hamburger University? And, and why I suppose the sort of follow up to that is, why, does you, why, why is it so venerable? What is it that makes Hamburger U, Hamburger U? And then secondly, we'll, we'll get into you inside of there and sort of what you learned and then how you evolved out of Hamburger U. So tell us a bit about itself, HU. Yeah, uh, so HU is one of those true institution in, in American business, right? And it's, 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 it's world famous for a reason because it truly has a, a really great success record of taking students from maybe not a traditional you know, university or MBA degree on how to lead people and, and, and um, you know, teaching that, but teaching that through the eyes of a restaurant and, and restaurant management. As you know, leadership principles are the same if you're running an auto manufacturing plant or running a restaurant there. It's how do you lead and inspire and motivate people. And that's taught very well uh, at HU. I'll tell you that was an evolution though, because 
when it opened decades ago, it was more about, we called it the nuts and bolts. So truly, how do you uh, put a shake machine together? How do you troubleshoot uh, food cost? How do you find if you're wasting too much of a product and, and maybe make a little bit more money on the, the P&L? So that's really what it started as, but the transition was more to those transferable leadership skills that, that really work in any situation. So you ask what it's like behind the scene. It is a group of um, facilitators who are not totally professionally trained, but again, many of them grew up in the restaurants, but HU is famous for taking those people and making them into really good facilitators. So uh, that's important because when our restaurant managers come in or our future franchisees, people who wanna own restaurants, they have, it's like a year curriculum to get to this capstone class at HU, but um, the professors at Hamburg University have this week or two to truly inspire and, and change thinking and, and let franchisees or managers know that they may be running one restaurant in the middle of Nebraska, but they're part of a, a global history and a global brand and, and part of a much bigger culture, right? And, and just part of history. So it's, it, it's, it's magical. The, the staff really works hard behind the scenes to make sure that the experience is unforgettable. And if you're ever on LinkedIn, and if you ever uh, come across people who've graduated from this capstone class at, at, at Hamburger University, they're truly inspired and they want to go out and they just want to, uh, you know, rule, rule the world. So I'll tell you, it comes from hard work and a lot of uh, behind the scenes, but it, it, it's great. And, and, you know, we've got truly decades and decades of people who uh, when when I mentioned I work at McDonald's, who have some sort of contact or knew someone who went to Hamburger University, uh, and their whole careers changed for it. So yeah, it's it's well, great. You, here here you are, right? So you've spent years in McDonald's uh, in in various positions as a sixteen year old, as a twenty year old, and and then you found your way into Hamburger U, and so now you're delivering uh, leadership, if you will, inside of Hamburger U to other leaders and the franchisees. And then at some point, obviously, you've now made a decision, okay, I think I want to graduate out of Hamburger University and do something different inside mm -hmm. of still your career at McDonald's. And what I've found is that, again, there's, there's a lot of fascinating and wonderful people in the L&D space, and not a lot of them graduate out, not because they, they shouldn't or should. It's just mm -hmm. that they're, they have almost some have pigeonholed themselves to say, I'm in L&D, I'll never get out of L&D. And yeah. here you are, someone who um, at the venerable institution of McDonald's inside of another venerable institution called Hamburger University, actually evolved and graduated out of with your career. So can you give us a little bit of inside your brain, Dan, as to you know, what was going through your mind and, and how and why and when I suppose you got out and what you did next before we get to to Prague and the Czech Republic and Slovakia. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I think that, uh, and you're exactly right. In fact, there are some, some people I worked with uh, and they're still there, but I'll tell you, yeah. they're still there by choice because right. they, love that, that, they love that career. But uh, I made it clear that when I took the role that I was taking it not only to obviously add leadership and, and, and make sure that we were facilitating great classes. And by the way, we were changing technology and we were reorganizing the way that, that managers lead the restaurants during the time I was there. So we had lots to do uh, with, with adapting to kind of a, a new culture in the restaurants. But I made it clear that 
I didn't go to Hamburger University to retire. I went there to truly learn uh, and grow. And, and like I told you, learn how to be a better facilitator. And it's not easy because quickly, uh, as you know, you do start to get kind of, oh yeah, Dan, the guy from HU. Uh, you, you, you start getting pigeonholed, as you said, in the company, but the, you have to have the intent that you continue to tell your story. I'm here, I'm making an impact, we're doing great stuff. And next, I would like to take whatever opportunity. So um, numerous times while I was there, I set up meetings with, with other company leaders just to make sure, again, just 45 minutes to, uh, to let people know what's going on and, and truly what my intent was. And by the way, I've coached at the last year that I was there, I was actually recruiting people from the field to come in and do what I had done as well. And, and my coaching was, you got to stay in contact. You've got to have a plan. You've got to tell everyone you know your story and what you want to do next. So um, I think that it's a great, for some people, it's a great career. But for others, it's a great stop for a couple of years. Again, because if, if you can learn to facilitate a, a class of 40 people or or a, a conference of 5,000 people. It also helps you facilitate one-on-one -on -one conversations, and it helps you when you're when you're talking to your staff. and 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 uh, it, it, lots apply when you're when you're training professionals to the next to the next part of your career, right? So you have to be intentional. And I mentor a lot of people, and I tell them the same thing. Well, and that Dan, that intentionality. What you're, what you're basically doing is you're signaling to, to others through information interviews uh, and the like, you know, I'm sure your correspondence and other ways in which you're behaving to say, I, I'm here to learn, but I'm also here to tell you that I'm interested in my own evolution and I want to help the organization grow as well. So don't think of me as just Dan forever retired into HU. I am Dan Camp. Uh, progressive professional here at McDonald's, and I'm open to, to anything, as you've also signaled before about the ability to relocate to, to wherever that may be. So you're now uh, at the tail end of Hamburger University, and now what are you thinking? Like, what's going through your head? You've, you've done a really good stint. You've changed Perfect. curricula technologies and how Hamburger U is, is training up uh, managers, leaders, franchisees. So what's going through your head to get to, to the next stops to eventually get to, as I mentioned, Prague and Czech Republic and Slovakia? Yeah, so so again, um, I was nearing kind of that four-year mark and that was where my comfort level was starting to, to wane, right? Because at that, there's a point where you're like, oh my gosh, am I, am I, am I too far removed? Am I, am I on track? So uh, truly started um, networking and, and taking a look at, at opportunities. And I knew I was at a manager level and I knew I, I Probably if I wanted to be a director of operations, I needed to, to jump back into that kind of operations. Uh, and, uh, and so I interviewed uh, for a position, actually, and I didn't get it, but I interviewed for a position in Indianapolis because I had a conversation with my wife and, and the family's in Denver. And we were like, okay, we've been to Vegas, we've been to Chicago, is now the time just to kind of go home. Right. And uh, at the end of the day, the bandaid was ripped off and we said, well, you know, what, what's next and what, what can we do? So interviewed in, in Indianapolis, didn't work out, hired another candidate, great. Uh, and got an opportunity then to move up to Minneapolis, uh, which, which turned out to be, in hindsight, things work out. But I was able to do two positions up uh, in the upper Midwest. Uh, I was able to uh, be a field service manager, which means a geography of a, a larger area to work with franchisees again. And then 
Um, perfect timing, a position opened up to be a director of operations for our company-owned restaurants. Uh, and that was Minnesota, Nebraska, a little bit of Iowa, a little bit of Northern Illinois. Um, so it's always good if maybe if you're able to do a couple of things without moving the family uh, once again. So uh, that was kind of that jump from taking everything I learned from, from Vegas. And then, of course, all of that great stuff in the L&D world, because the next two positions, it was truly facilitating and inspiring and motivating and leading large groups. And again, I probably couldn't have done that if I hadn't done that, that piece in, in L&D. So found success there, um, had a great time uh, leading 123 company-owned restaurants um, and, and applying some of these same principles that, that, that have found success uh, for me uh, in other positions. Um, and then was able to uh, take a, a move back to Denver in another director role. Um, because of my strong network uh, and the fact that I had kept in touch while I was in the L&D world, um, it opened up a, another opportunity back in Denver. So uh, Vegas to Chicago to Minnesota, back to Denver for a couple of years as our kids, my, my wife and now two kids were, were, were getting older. And uh, it was great to, after 10 years, kind of move closer to mom and dad again and closer to Nicole's parents uh, as well. So. Um, well, okay. So yeah. now, I mean, we got two more real like chunks of questions to yeah. get into. Uh, so your leadership principles, I want to end with, which by the way are uh, fantastic. So stick around for that. But here you are, uh, as we talk today, you're in Prague. And again, not a lot of people make international jumps, whether it's from, you know, Australia and Europe to the US, US to Europe, wherever, right? So here you are, and obviously somehow through your networking, and I believe you have perfected the adage my network is my net worth through your uh, evolving career at McDonald's. Tell us a bit about, again, behind the scenes of how you ended up there and why you made the decision, what it's been like to really get into a complete, well, maybe not completely, but a, definitely a different culture, you know, than, than a Nebraska or a Vegas or a Minneapolis. Yeah, um, I'll start with the how, I guess, first. Um, most of my positions before this had really dealt with how the business runs from an operation standpoint, right? Like truly throughput and how fast and accurate the drive-through is and how we can deploy a new product and, and make sure that, uh, you know, 100,000 crew people can figure out how to make the least mistakes possible in putting it together and delivering it. And I saw this as an opportunity to um, touch the other parts of the business that I hadn't yet. So as managing director, I'm, I'm truly accountable for everything. Uh, in the two countries that I manage. And, and that means not only operations and marketing and, and franchising that I've done forever, but add on to that real estate with looking for new sites and development with building buildings and finance with managing a, a, a huge GNA budget and uh, making sure that we're hitting our operating income um, and just and just truly in oh, IT. Uh, so I've got um, a group of, of folks who keep our cash registers running in our kiosks, our self-order kiosks in the restaurants, and our app, and our menu board. So it truly, this was an opportunity to uh, take the whole business. And uh, I go back to, to my, my first boss who said, when you're comfortable, you got to get uncomfortable or, or things will probably slow down for you. So this truly made me uncomfortable. It made my wife and family uncomfortable. And uh, it's, it's everything from moving during COVID. So normally uh, in a large company, you maybe get a week or two to go out and see if the, the environment's going to be right for 
or what you think it is uh, in real life. So we didn't get that. So when we landed in Prague after I had accepted the job, it was our first time in Prague. So we truly got off the airplane and that was it, we're here. And um, the, the, the first barrier was the language, right? Everybody speaks Czech. Yeah. And uh, about 50% speak English, um, maybe a little bit more in, in Prague and the major cities, but, but truly that's been a huge, uh, a huge challenge. And, and you throw in the fact that Czech, I think it's a beautiful language. It sounds, it sounds like music to me, but it's extremely difficult to learn. It's one of those Slavic uh, languages that are just not, um, if you've grown up in, in more of the Latin world, they make no sense. So uh, that's been a huge, uh, a huge adjustment. And then of course, um, from a personal side, everything truly is different. So you, you take everything you learned in, in the US and it's just, it's just culture and customs and traffic and uh, everything is different. Um, the, the big difference on the company side is that when I worked at HU, that was kind of the, the center of the world for McDonald's. We call it MHQ, McDonald's headquarters. And in the US, most decisions are made out of MHQ. And then those of us in the field just really have to execute. So the plan's here and we're all executing in the field. And by the way, if you need support in something in the US, somebody at MHQ can probably help you out. So here we run uh, our country separately in Europe as their own entities. So. Uh, well, I didn't have an IT team in the States because they were taken care of at the national level. I've got a team around the corner here in my office. Um, if we want to develop and, and create and market a new sandwich, that's up to us, right? If we want to uh, take a different strategy in, in acquiring customers digitally, that's us. So truly, um, the, the culture is I've got support and we've got support if we need it, but, but we get to make the decisions and, and and kind of create our own destiny here. So it's a completely different world on the on the career side for for sure. It's amazing. So you're you're upholding the brand, the integrity of McDonald's, yeah. but have the autonomy to figure out what's right for and different for the Czech Republic and Slovakia. Amazing. Yeah. Why don't we um why don't we end then with uh what is another rarity? And Dan, this has been fantastic, uh, because you seem to be a rarity, and I hope people are gleaning uh all kinds of great morsels of career evolution, learning leadership evolution, uh, and just uh, frankly, life evolution. So, so good on you. Um, the rarity point I wanna bring up here is the fact that uh, many leaders do not have their own core leadership traits or tenants. Uh, in fact, they may not even, not only do they not have them, they don't publish them publicly. And Dan, you're someone that has uh, done, done that. And your, your four, core leadership principles of uh, innovation, inspiration, influence, and inclusion. There are four words, but you've also actually defined each of them, what they mean to you, and, and essentially how you want to show up each and every day. So, so let's just, let's end here with this. And that is, what possessed you to think about what your core leadership principles ought to be? And then somewhat obviously you might expect, how are you employing them in your career to date? Yeah, first of all, um, um, it was during that time at Hamburger University again where I, where I had, where I took enough time to figure out what do I wanna stand for? Because I, at that point I was starting to mentor other leaders and I was able to kind of um, uh, talk through how I've seen success and maybe give some advice, but I didn't, I wasn't able to consistently share that. So that, that's when I, I, I sat down and I said, I gotta figure out who I am, right? And, and those four words, innovation, inspiration, influence, inclusion, 
those those truly are what I'm, you know, forget McDonald's. I'm passionate about that as a human, as a father, as a leader, as a community member. Uh, and they just happen to work really well in leadership, I think, uh, as well. So I, I, I sat down and I said, if, if we know people talk, talk behind my back, can I control what, what they're saying about me? And by living, by, by stating that, that, that this is important to me and then living them, uh, am I able to set an example and, and truly be a little bit more um, just a consistent leader? And by the way, I had a one-on-one -on -one with, with my franchising director on Friday and turned into a coaching conversation because he's wanting to continue to grow his career. I pulled up my LinkedIn and I said, just, just so you know, here, here's kind of what, what, what I've done that works for me. And I read these four attributes and he looked at me and he goes, you know, you've been here about six months and I've, I see that you're living that. And I said, yes, I hope that I am because every, this is, the, you know, the, the North star, the guiding star. If I'm making a decision, um, if I'm, if I'm acting or leading a certain way, I should be able to, to link it back to what's truly important for me, uh, how I want to act. So my kids are proud of me. Right. And someday when I leave the company, if, if people say, um, the guy was a good mentor, a good leader, and, and consistently, you know, taught us what was important at home and in the business. That's, that's good enough for me. So that, that's how it came to be. And I, I continue to look back at them. I've evolved the wording a little bit over the years, but they've, um, they've truly stuck with, with how I, how I find success. It's utterly amazing, Dan. Uh, again, you are a testament to the types of uh, individuals that that I'm trying to seek out and highlight those individuals whom don't use leadership as a as a pedestal, don't use leadership as a quest. They use it to give and 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 to tell others that you know I haven't figured it all out, but learn from me as well. I can help you with certain things that have gone right and wrong in my life, but I'm here to pull you up rather than to push you down. Uh, and Dan, you've demonstrated that. Uh, in spades, uh, I can just imagine how much your your kids look up to you as the dad you you ultimately and I'm sure are uh, oh, around them. This has been wonderful. What if if people wanted to learn more about Dan Camp? Is it is it LinkedIn? Where else could we find a little bit more, more insights on on you? Yeah, you know what I'll tell you, LinkedIn is probably the best. I've had a I've had the pleasure of doing a couple of interviews recently, but they're in Czech, right? So it's it's probably easier unless you speak Czech. Uh, find me. I trying to I tend to translate as much as I can uh, on there. Um, but, you know, I'm always happy to, to, to talk and, and please feel free to connect. Uh, and, and, you know, you and I are passionate about creating leaders. So that's what, uh, that's what I wanna do. So please, you yeah, know, reach out. Amazing. Dan Camp, he's the managing director of McDonald's in the Czech Republic and Slovakia. And I would say world-class leader to boot.